uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. We are back. Your intrepid crew is going to go forward, backward, and remain in the current time. We're going to be talking about time travel. Um, you know, what are some of the rules that uh, work? What are some of the rules that don't work? What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? When was it best used? When was it underused? What what shows or movies or anyway? We're going to kick it up to the satellite. Walker, why don't you walk us through this? See what I did there? Dun, dun, dun. That, that was special. <laughs> so time travel, time travel. One of those topics that we all love to geek out about, have little arguments about like, <laughs> you know, well, if you went back in time, could you really change your present? Would you just create an alternate timeline? What would happen? Could you? you know, shoot your grandfather and then would you cease to exist? And there's there's a lot of theories around time travel. And there's some real serious scientific investigation into time travel, too. But, you know, we're not going to get into that because we're just going to enjoy ourselves talking about time travel. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things people have, have thought about, I think, um, you think about like, his, you know, historically, mythologically and stuff. Even things like Rip Van Winkle, that's kind of like a time travel story. Or even, you know, if you think about it, um, uh, A Christmas Carol with uh, Scrooge, he travels back into his past. He sees the future. So, you know, time travel has been one of those things that has sort of um, entranced human beings uh, since recorded time. And so it's not surprising that we have a lot of movies that deal with time travel. And, it, and it's, a, it's when you really start thinking about it, I know we talked about it a little bit, you know, uh, chatting and texting back and forth before we did mm -hmm. the show. Um, there's a lot of movies you don't even think have time travel in it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it does. And like, Larry, you had a great example when we were chatting about um, Superman. Right. You know, you always think of Superman, oh, it's this great superhero movie. But then at the end, of course, he does his thing and spins the earth back and and rolls back time so there's a lot of movies where you don't even consider them time travel movies but incidentally right. there's time travel in them right yep and so yeah we just got to thinking like wow we really haven't covered this topic and something we enjoy talking about so why don't we just do a whole episode on it and, and let me say, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to cover everything. And so <laughs> if we if leave you out guys, your favorite movie. <laughs> right. 
if you guys have an example of, of something that we didn't cover, share it in the comments. We, we can, you know, the podcast doesn't necessarily end when we stop recording. We can, we can carry this conversation on with all of you guys in, in any of our social medias. Uh, so, so, you know, give us some comments, give us some feedback and we'd love to, to interact with you. And um, like Karen said, you know, we, we off, off camera, off, off recording, we were kind of talking and, and, and I brought up, you know, Superman. Um, I was also thinking, well, we're, we're going to get into it. So we'll get into the different uh, <laughs> things we were talking about. But uh, so, you know, you'll see whatever we discuss, what you hear really depends on if you're listening to the real time version of the episode or a special time warp episode. Oh, that, that's right. <laughs> the time warp version of Planet A. Right. We, we've alternate invested, reality version. Yeah. 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 We we've invested in not just cameras for YouTube, but time crystals and machines so that we can travel backwards and forwards in time for you. We do anything we can to get you listeners to uh to get involved with us. So uh we mainly use that when we make a mistake and we gotta <laughs> go back. Go back, I'll say that again. <laughs> You know, we should have done, we should have colored our, our whiskers, Bob, to just kind of show those on YouTube uh, differences in the time stream. Anyway. <laughs> um, so what's one of the first um, films, um, um, TV shows? You know, we talked a lot about Star Trek. Um, that, that came to your mind, Walker. Why don't you open it up for us? Oh, so, you know, thinking about um, different methods of time travel and things like that. And we just mentioned Superman. Of course, uh, Star Trek, you know, if you go back to um, early Star Trek episode, like the naked time, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody gets infected with this weird, um, it wasn't really a virus, I don't think, but something similar to a virus where they all start losing their inhibitions and going kind of nuts on the ship. And they've got this situation where they're going to uh, spiral down and, and crash and they've got to get out of there. And so they, they uh, come up with this way to blast free. And it's basically, uh, oh, this wasn't actually the, the warp around the sun thing this time, but it was like a reverse of the engines so right. they reverse the engines and, and then the chronometer starts going backwards. And it, so, oh, and apparently Campbell wanted to add something. To that, that was the sound <laughs> of the engines going backwards. Cadet Campbell's very upset about time travel. Uh, he's mostly upset about not getting his walk tonight. But anyway, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, you know, one of the things. Um, and that was an interesting method. But of course, then later on, they would do the, I think it was in Tomorrow is Yesterday, they do the... Uh, slingshot around the sun which they'll mm -hmm. repeat in the voyage home so they they had a few different methods for traveling through time yeah definitely um and, and we won't get into all because the next gen had their time episodes uh i'm sure voyager had theirs um and i know uh, deep space nine opens with time and and cisco you know the the alien wormhole aliens talking about time is linear you exist here. If you haven't seen the first episode of Deep Space Nine, one of my favorites, check it out. Um, 
it, it, what, what's interesting to me, kind of jumping back to Superman was he, he goes back in time. He saves Lois. Did he create an alternate timeline then at that point? Be- or, or was it always meant to be, was he meant to go back in time to do that? And that was the correct line. Well, later on in the episode, maybe we can get into some of these paradoxes that are created in, in some of these movies and films in, in altering saying, you know, there's a, the, the butterfly effect. You know, there, there's a lot of talk about that. There's actually a great Homer episode in the Simpsons terror, terror episode. But anyway, I digress. Well, with, with Superman, I always wondered when he did that, then were there two versions of him that existed because he went back in time? But then there would have been the other version of him, right? That was back there doing all the super deeds. I, I don't know. Well, well, you see, if they did the movie today, then yes, it was splinter off into multiverses. But because it was done back in the 70s, it was pretty much self-contained. I think they just, oh, he saved Lois and that's it. This is the this is the new reality, but well, I think well, Marvel has now really popularized that idea of splintering into like alternate realities or parallel timelines, which they took. I did a little reading, okay, I admit it. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's physicists that came up with this many worlds theory saying that, no, you can't go back in the past and alter it and change your your current timeline. If you do that, you would just go into another timeline. So, you know, prior to that, I think almost every other time travel story I've ever seen bought into the premise that if you change the past, you would create, you know, changes in your own timeline. So I think Marvel has really popularized the idea that that's what you Talking about Marvel, I mean, if you look at Endgame, at the end of the movie, Captain America goes back in time to return all of the stones. Now there's, what, six stones? So there's like six possibilities of him screwing up the timeline. Plus, he decides to stay in the, in the past with Peggy. So does that eliminate Captain America? Or did he have a bunch of adventures back then and every one of those adventures could possibly change a timeline or create an extra branch? I mean, who knows what, uh, what Captain America was doing back then? Well, with, with something like that, you'd have to look at the Loki series and, and their concept of time and branches and alternate realities and variations, variants. Uh, it, it just... <sighs> At one point in time, Marvel was a lot of fun, and and now it's a lot of homework <laughs> with everything going on. I, I'll tell you this: one of the one of the cleanest examples of time travel to me it was Hiro Nakamura on the uh, on the TV show oh, Heroes. Heroes, and and he you know did the old colored string with you know this branch is here and then you know. Uh, and again, you know, so so getting back to to Captain America, was he always meant to go back in time and return the stones? I think that's what we're supposed to think. Right. 
But Bob makes a good point. All these little side adventures. And, you know, someone made a a comment too, when he, when he kisses, uh, what's her face. It's like, Oh my God, he kissed his niece, you know, because at that point he hadn't gone back to Peggy, but he did. It's so. Well, it's not quite as bad as Luke kissing Leia, but yeah. Yeah. But there was no time travel in there. That was just <laughs> gross. Or it's not as bad as back to the future where, uh, oh my guys God. like, you know, getting involved with his mom and say, wait, was, yeah. Yeah. Helping climb. Disturbing. Don't do that. <laughs> but no, I mean, nobody has actually time traveled. That we know of. Technically. That we know of. Einstein. So we're just taking the word of some guy with big bushy hair and a mustache, right? He he said it was possible, theoretically. Fairly fairly smart guy. This is a long time ago. I mean, yeah, he could have been smart back then, but is he smart by today's standard? Anyway, that's all his theories, you know. You can sit back there and smoke ganja and come up with whatever theories you want, but... Um, since it actually hasn't been done, there's no proof one way or the other what would happen if you did it. No. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I think I wouldn't go with a butterfly effect. I don't see where, like, if you went back and you stomped on a bug and then came back to the present, it would change anything. Well, I just want to be clear that bug. I just want to clear, be clear, Bob, before we go forward. Are you saying that Einstein smoked ganja and came up with the theories of relativity? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think he was like, <laughs> in the desert somewhere. I think like, a lot of physicists. And he went yeah. and the Indians and came up with all these well, we crazy can, theories. But, we but can no, go out and see Oppenheimer. I don't, I don't think stomping on a bug is going to change anything. But if you go back and, yeah, you know, kill your grandfather or something, then, yeah, there's no way for you to be born at that point at least not in that reality or timeline. So yeah, that would be, have a huge effect, at least on you or like in the star Trek tomorrow's yesterday. It's like Spock spends most of the episode trying to figure out if the pilot not going back would change anything. And, you know, he says to Kirk, he made no significant contributions and blah, 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 blah. But then it turned out, that his son was going to be the first man on the moon or whatever. And so he had to go back to have a son. So his son could, you know, keep the timeline going. So I I think there's certain things that you can change certain things. that won't have an effect. You change other things. They have a major effect. So. But it would be so hard to know, like, what are those things? No, you'd never know. You can't, can't change them. Things that might seem insignificant to somebody might have a real significance to somebody else. And so... You, you would have to bring Spock with you just so he could... Sit there and calculate things the entire well, this time. This is okay. This is not. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at something like, let's say, The Terminator, the first Terminator film. You know, um, they and the, pretty fast and loose with the well, what's the adage? What came first, the chicken or the egg? So, if Kyle Reese had not traveled back in time, ergo, he was always meant to travel back in time. It's a paradox, it's a paradox. It's mm-hmm. one of the best examples of a paradox 
that I've come across between the films and the, and the TV shows and such. Um, other than the most recent Strange New Worlds, where, spoiler alert, Khan actually lives in Toronto in 2022. And, oh, well, anyway, I, I won't get into that. Let's um, not talk about it. Yeah, that's... Oh. Sore, sore subject here on planet. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, getting back to the Avengers. So, you know, Nebula had pieces of. Was it an alternate timeline at that point, or was it the recent past that Thanos came across in? in the past that brought him to the present, even though his present self had been beheaded by Thor. So. And where did it bring you? Right. It was the past. Yeah. The past, what would have been our past Thanos received information from Nebula of the past, who was in mental communication with her future self. <laughs> Plus the thing, you have like multiple Thanos, multiple Nebula, multiple right. Gamora. And so, yeah, he was able to then change his plan, which then makes you think, well, then he didn't do the things that he did because he switched plans and came to Earth. Right. But but then Marvel is telling you, no, you can't change your past and do so this is those things already happen. They're immutable. They happened and they cannot be undone. So it's an alternate timeline Thanos who comes and attacks Earth. Well, because, yeah, because the Thanos that returns, returns before he had gotten all the Infinity Stones. So right. does that mean the blip then did not happen? The the blip, the blip happened had to in, happen anyway. Right. It happened in the prime timeline. It didn't happen in the timeline that the alternate Thanos came from because he hadn't collected all the stones yet. Right. right. Well, see, this is one of the things that confused me with the Loki series is that there, there was a worker there that opened their desk drawer and they had 20 different infinity stones from 20 different, or maybe it was 15 different or 10 different timelines that had different outcomes. So, and I, I know you guys haven't seen the flash movie, but in, in the flash movie, he's talking to, actually, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. Cause my oh, hope is, yeah, we spoil everything around it, here. It's my okay. Hope, Go ahead. My hope is Karen and Bob will watch when the it, flash movie. At when some it comes point. on max, I'll watch it. <laughs> it that, it's coming on max next week. From what I hear, they're going to be streaming it. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like stuff that's like an alternate reality timeline. Mm-hmm. It's a different, you know, the time between a movie coming out in the theater and then hitting streaming. It's like time warp time. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's, it's shorter, interesting. Shorter. At, at the time that we're recording this podcast, uh, sorry. Uh, apparently, Leia heard UPS delivery. Yeah. I mean, while we were recording this episode, three movies came out in the theaters and they're already streaming. Correct. And and the SAG uh, uh, union has decided to strike. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll get more into this in the censor suite, but yours truly is going to Comic-Con next week. And there's no programming. 
because, you know, the writers and the actors are out on strike. I, so, I will say I support the writers and actors, though, in this situation. I I'm do sorry. Too. I'm sorry it's going to affect Comic-Con for you and a lot of other people. But I think they they're some of the a lot of the things they're upset about are very justified. Well, I think Absolutely. a lot of that started when uh, Scarlett Johansson sued Marvel. Hmm. And she had that contract that, you know. Her movie was supposed to come out like a normal release and it went straight to. Right. Uh, yeah. Streaming has lost or whatever. And she was like, wait a second. Now my contract doesn't have, you know, I would have made much more money if it went theatrical for right. So yeah. I think well, they want contingencies for all that. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I didn't look at all the articles that they're, they're going to try and add to their contract or their contract is huge between the writers and the actors and not, not to get too far off the subject, but we're a union household here, my family. And so we had a very serious discussion. Would it be considered crossing picket lines if we go to Comic-Con? And it will not because they're not writing or acting at the convention. Well, they ain't even going to be there. Well, so. Are they going to be walking a picket line in front of the convention center? No, no, that it, it has nothing to do with, with what it is that they're yeah. fighting for. I mean, the whole concept of AI now being introduced and actually in the flash, they had a lot of uh, actors who portrayed Superman. I mean, all the actors I think that portrayed Superman had a uh, AI representation. One of the flashes had an AI. It wasn't even the actor. It was just That's there. That's what I heard. So how do they deal with that? How it's just, anyway, uh, enough of re real world. Um, let's travel forward in time and get back to our discussion about time travel. So what do you think about, we've talked a little bit about some movies. What, what were some of you guys' personal favorite methods for getting into that's a good question. Through the future. Like, what yeah, did you? That's a good question. I, I I will say that one of my favorites is not really. I don't really care for the method that much, but I cared for the the um, consequences. Is a, a little film called Edge of Tomorrow. Hmm. I was going to bring that one up. <laughs> well, you can talk about it. I know, too. I know how much Larry loves Tom Cruise. But <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it. Not going to watch it. But there's a, yeah, it's an excellent. It's basically Groundhog Day meets an alien invasion, and uh, through sort of a strange method. But when Tom Cruise winds up having to fight these aliens, and he is not someone who wants to be anywhere near them. He's not heroic at the beginning of the movie. Um, the the blood of a certain type of the aliens allows this displacement through time, just like in Groundhog Day, where you kind of, if you get killed, you start your day over again. And uh, it's, but he was, remembers though what he did. Yeah, before so he started over. So each time he, he learns get a little further because he knows this right. alien is coming out from from behind this rock. I'm not going to be there and get shot this time. And then he'll he'll make it to the next part and get killed. So he, that, that was he, Groundhog Day. Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He bettered it, it, himself. It's almost like gaming, too. Like when you're playing a game and you start working through levels and you realize, like, oh, if I go around that corner, that thing's going to attack me and I'm going to do something different. So it had an element where it felt a little bit gamerish. See, ga gaming is like like time travel too 
Cause like you sit there and it's like, you get through one, you almost get through the level. It's like, damn, I'll try that again. Damn. Try it again. Damn. Then you look at the clock and like three hours have gone. It's like, wait, what happened? So my my commute home is a form of time travel then. (laughs) It's getting through the work day. It's only two o'clock. Oh God. Uh, Right. It's only two o'clock yet. We're in the middle of July. How the hell did that happen? I feel anyway, like it's tomorrow, Karen. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I like that one a, a lot. I, I like the way they played with time in it. I liked, like Bob said, he kind of learns things and his character completely changes from the beginning of the film to the end. He really he's kind of a slimy, nasty guy at the beginning. And by the end, he's actually a really likable person. And so it is very much like Groundhog Day, but putting in this science fiction and as he goes along, he meets someone else yes. who's going through the same thing he is. She's kind of immune to the whole thing. So the two of them have to plot to you know, get to the, the final goal. But, but no, as you tomorrow, I, had, I have a little list here of movies I was going to talk about, and that was definitely one of them. Well, what's one of the other ones where you really thought they handled the time travel well? Well, it's not so much well. But sometimes it's different. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talked about Back to the Future. We talked about Avengers Endgame, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I thought Time Bandits oh. <laughs> was pretty interesting. I mean, well, I mean, I love the movie. It's yeah. much more than interesting for me. But um, they had the map. Return the map. And uh, they were using this map to find all these holes that they could go through and it would take them to different times and different places. And, um, you know, they go back and meet Robin hood. They go back and meet, mm-hmm. you know, all these different characters from, uh, from the past and go to all these different worlds. And, uh, the whole time evil is keeping track of them and he's trying to get the map so he could go through time. And, um, but it was cool just because it wasn't like a time machine, Mm-hmm. Or, you know, slingshotting around the sun. Yeah, you know, it was just a map of a bunch of holes. And, you know, you're in one place and it's like, oh man, we're in trouble. We got to get out of here. Well, I'll get out the map. We got to find where's a hole around here and jump through that. But, uh, yeah, I, I could go into the other aspects of Time Bennett's all I wanted to, but um, love the movie. And yeah, it does involve time travel since they are time bandits (laughs) and uh of course being the person that i am i would have to bring up godzilla versus king king Ghidorah back in the the 90s version because aliens come to earth and they uh they go back in time to world war ii where godzilla is just like a giant tyrannosaurus on an island and he hasn't mutated yet and so they capture him sink him to the bottom of the ocean so that there will be no Godzilla. And in the meantime, they drop these little Dorat creatures that over time, they, they combine and become King Ghidorah in the, in the future. But then they find that Godzilla is really under the ocean there because of Radiate radioactive material that's been dumped, and so he was still mutating 
and still came back. And uh, so it's kind of like he, he was meant to exist. He had no matter what you do to screw it up, he's still going to exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, with time travel, that may be the whole thing. You know, you go back and try to screw something up, but it was meant to happen. Something's going to take place to make it happen. That's an interesting, uh, an interesting concept. Um, and yeah, I, I can see that point in, in, uh, in that Godzilla film. Um, I, you know, I enjoy the time machine, the, the first, uh, HG Wells, uh, uh, adaptation. Um, the, the, yeah, if you're, if you're going to time travel, you might as well have a cool hot rod machine, you know? Right. I He's mean, look like a comfy chair too. You yeah. can just kind of sit back. You can see with a big spinning fan on the back. Right. You had to have a key to now. One of the things that I liked about that movie though, was, was when uh, one of the monsters, the, the Morlocks, was it the Morlocks? No, yeah. Morlocks. yeah. And Fat he, albino creatures. Yeah. 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 When he traveled in time, to escape, or maybe it was one of the villains, and they grow old, or that part of their body that's outside of the machine grows old before his eyes. That was very gnarly for that. Oh, yeah, they, they had the great time travel scenes because even like he would time travel and you see a building in the foreground, and it would be like all plants would like grow all over it, and then it would crumble, and then, it, you know, all, all the things that happen to it over however many years he goes into the future, into the past or whatever. Um, definitely, definitely cool. Yvette Mimi uh, adds a lot to the movie too. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And wasn't there a story Bob Burns was saying some friends of his saw the machine like at a, a, a thrift store at a swap meet or something. And they, they called him and they rescued like yeah he's got it in the corner of his, of bob's garage yeah yeah i went down i saw it it was uh bob ekman actually got to sit in it nice it was kind of roped off when i went but did, did he go for a little ride in it or he just uh no <laughs> uh, he's looking a lot older these days but, <laughs> well, but yeah beauty, one of my favorites the beauty of that is that that sort of feeds into time after time when you have H.G. Wells chasing Jack the Ripper, and they they basically mm -hmm. kind of just play off of the idea that Wells built the time machine, sort of like what we saw in the time machine. And, you know, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat. But that's another movie where, um, you know, we have time travel, but it's interesting because the characters actually come to our present Right. So it's not so much, oh, we get to go back to the past. I mean, we see a little of the past, but we don't really see that much of it. Um, so it's more the sort of the fish out of water thing um, where somebody is in a, a time they don't belong in. And, and who directed that movie, Karen? Nicholas Meyer. That's right. Of Star Trek II and Star Trek VI fame. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, if you want a film. big time machine... Huge time machine is always the time tunnel by Irwin Allen. Oh, yeah. TV show where Doug and Tony would go flying through time. They basically got into the time tunnel and they couldn't get back. And so each episode, you see them going from uh, one time period to another. But um, that is a classic. 
Well, that sort of reminds me of Quantum Leap, too. Quantum because, Leap was an interesting one. Yeah, he could never he could never get back. He just kept bouncing around in, into different people. I, I got to bring up uh, Sherman and uh, Mr. Peabody. That's right. <laughs> Mr. Peabody and his boy Sherman. That's right. They, they, you know, there was there was some history lessons to be had watching that. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, one of the most uh, famous time travelers, Gallifreyan, Doctor Who. Uh, that show started off being like a, a kids' program talking about history, and uh, you know, in its latest incarnation, they're beating the heck out of Daleks and Cybermen and, you know, a lot of Kung Fu and dynamite, as Karen likes to say. Yeah, I really, I really haven't watched Doctor Who since like the Tom Baker days. <laughs> I would have to say the same Tom Baker and a little bit of the guy after him. I would have a lot, lot of catching up to do if I wanted to. Uh, oh, Yes. <laughs> I I will admit I have not watched Doctor Who. I tried to watch it as a kid, and it was just like nope. So I really haven't watched Doctor Who. That's the one kind of big glaring blind spot, I guess, in my geekness. Well, I don't know what it was about Tom Baker, but yeah, you know, it was it was playing on public television here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Channel 54 in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, I would watch it every week, Tom Baker. And I really, you know, I became sort of a big fan. But I don't know. Once once he left, uh, I kind of petered out and didn't watch anymore. But from, from what, and I've seen some of the newer um, versions or the new actors, you know, with some of the villains and stuff. But everyone has their doctor, you know. Um, and, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a British thing. Some people love Monty Python. Some people don't get it. Mr. Bean. I love Red Dwarf and, and I can count on one hand how many people know what Red Dwarf is and, and actually enjoy it as much as I do. So, well, I mean, I am a complete and total fanatic when it comes to Monty Python, but that doesn't mean I'm going to watch every British thing that comes along. But no, um, no, not at all. It's just it's different. And it doesn't it doesn't translate over to Doctor Who. But um, but yeah, I'll watch anything Monty Python, though. Yeah. Um, Well, Walker, why don't you uh, share another little time travel tidbit? What is some of your favorite methods or. I was thinking about that. Well, you know. It's not really time travel, but some shows used like suspended animation. Think, thinking again about sort of that fish out of water thing. So right. like, you know, I think it was Buck Rogers, right? He was sort of suspended and then he, oh, I'm in the 25th century. Wow. Captain America. Captain America is another one, you know. David Lister. <laughs> right. Here we go. Red Dwarf again. Um, Gene... Uncle Walt freezing his head and putting it in Sleeping Beauty's couch. Oh, right. oh, leave Uncle Walt out of it. We can't talk about that. We'll get busted. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gene, I mean, Gene Roddenberry tried three times, three times to make a show with that premise. He had what? He had Genesis 2, Earth, was it Earth 2 and Planet Earth or something like that? Three times. 
where he had the guy from modern times get in suspended animation, wake up, you know, two or 300 years in the future. There's women with like two belly buttons. I mean, it's just <laughs> insanity, insanity. But he couldn't he couldn't sell it. Couldn't sell Gene, it. Gene, Gene. How do you take a high concept like that and not be able to sell it? I don't know. It, well, but she's know. got two belly buttons. Come on. <laughs> and you don't know how many other things she's got. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> with, with something like that, the person at a time. Um, yeah, I mean, even some of the vampire stories, right? I'm thinking an interview with the vampire, how freaked out Lestat is with, you know, all the noises going on around him. But in, in a situation like that, you can't go back. Right. Like Marty it's McFly. one way. Right. It's one way with Dave Lister. He's the last human alive. There are no others. Mm -hmm. and, and so what stories can be told? And, the, you know, Red Dwarf is very comedic. It's, it's British humor. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, now, what about uh, Dinosaurus? So you can't just say dinosaurs. It's got the exclamation point in the title. So you have to what, say dinosaurs. What's what's the time travel aspect of dinosaurs? It brings back the caveman. The caveman. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, what happens to him? Does he meet a sorry fate in that? Oh, uh, they've got the great battle at the end between the uh, big steam shovel and the tyrannosaurus. But I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Okay. So do I. And it was also, you know, it's very loosely, you got I Was a Teenage Werewolf, where Whit Bissell hypnotizes Michael Landon and has mm -hmm. him count backwards. And as he counts backwards, he's reliving not just his past, but the primordial past of humans, <laughs> which takes him back to his bestial state and makes him into a werewolf. Well... It, you know, Bob, I, I know we kind of touched on the butterfly effect and you don't you don't kind of subscribe to that theory. And and I based on the conversation we've had, I know you and Karen will not see the Flash movie. We'll see it. We'll see it. We're we'll just not going to go to the theater. That's all. I, I just, OK, so I, I won't talk about the ending because there is a butterfly effect. That well, just... what if a werewolf. Like killed the butterfly in the past. Was that butterfly um, meant to help create a serum that would reverse the effects of that werewolf because of a bacteria that it touched in a pond? There you go. I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask Whit Bissell. What if the, what if that that butterfly had some mutant gene that would eventually go in a medication that would cure cancer? There you go. What if we didn't kill all the humpback whales? What if Captain, there'd be whales here. <laughs> you know, Leonard Nimoy was trying to tell us something, damn it. He was. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're going to go back and back and back to Star Trek. There were so many great examples. Well, taking us off the Star Trek timeline. Yes. If you went forward in time, far enough would apes be ruling the planet this is another good example where a lot of times we don't think about that as being a time travel story right well because they raised the question on but it absolutely did they travel to the future or was that 
you know, a mirror of our future or what? Yeah, but damn you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is the thing, you know, when you start delving into this time travel stuff and the physics and it's all about the space time continuum because it's not just about time, but space because we're on these planets that are moving through space and time at the same time. Like if you invented a time machine, realistically, you'd also have to invent a way to move because if you set the time machine to like, hey, let's go forward, you know, a month in time, you'd be in a different place on the planet. You know, you wouldn't stay in the same place because the planet would rotate as you. Anyway, I mean, is your time machine grounded? But that's that bubble float up into some kind of time ether thing. Well, Walk, then again, remember. What? No, sorry, one time you're talking about, you know, this bubble theory where time exists around you, but if you're in this bubble and you're insulated from it, almost like the time machine where you see all the stuff going on around you, but it doesn't affect you. You don't turn to dust. Yeah, but I think everything else is still, it's it's moving around. I mean, I don't know. This is just what, you know, when I talk to people, you know, who are in, in the time travel kind of thing, right? This is what I hear. But so yeah. The people that are in the Bigfoot bondage kind of thing. Uh. Right. You know, they're specialists. Specialists. Hey. But to get back to Bob's yeah. point about, about apes, right? They talk about like all this stuff going through a Hassline curve and all this. But yeah, basically they they... They came back to their point of origin. They went through this space-time curve because they went faster than the speed of light. And somehow it brought them back to where they were, but not when they were. And they traveled, you know, in far into the future. So in the first two films, but then then they go the other way. Cornelius right. escaped the planet in the third film came back to earth and it was like 1973. Right. So they, so they went the opposite that a different way. earth or did the astronauts go ahead in time and then they came back in time. That's well, the paradox yeah, of it all. Yeah. Right. right. This is the question, earth. like yeah. by bringing their baby Milo, who then became Caesar, did he alter the timeline? And, and cause a lot of the stuff that uh, Cornelius said doesn't really you know, line up with what was happening in conquest or battle. Yeah. So, or, or was he meant to be there to create that planet that we saw in the other films? Right. We don't. Was he don't, a catalyst, and he had to be brought back in order to be that catalyst? It, it could be that the things that Cornelius, um, all the stuff he was spouting how many thousands of years or however long it had been, it could all have been garbled, right? So he might not have gotten it right. And it could have, it could have been another time paradox, right? Where they basically created their own future. You're, you're hurting my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an infinite time loop. You know, they, they had to go back in time in order for them to exist in the future. Well, if we had a time bubble, we could probably talk about this stuff for years, but we have no said time bubble. And one of the things, not that we're ending, but one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, um, 
you go back in time, Edith Keeler or a version of mm-hmm. Edith Keeler, mm-hmm. um, you fall in love with, but you know, Spock tells you that person must die. Can you make the sacrifice and let history continue the way it's supposed to be? Or do you save them? And and understand, I don't think they portrayed it that well in the, in the series. They were there for a very long time, not years, but you know, and then Kirk was a very emotional person. He could fall in love fairly quickly as we all, you know, are able to in love or in lust, you know, well, you know, (laughs) so the question is, uh, could you have made that sacrifice? Uh, whomever would like to answer first. Well, I mean, yeah, this is another one where Spock does all the research and comes up with that's what he's good at. Something very important. So she must, you know, if she doesn't die and she completes what she started, then it's going to completely change the course of history. But um, I don't know. Is brains over emotion, I guess? Brains over heart? I mean, could you do it? Is the needs of the many more important than the needs of the few well, or the one. Or the one. This, this is why Kirk is such a great starship captain, because and I was having a little thing over on Twitter the other day, and no. you know, these, these, these magazines love to publish these, uh, or these websites love to publish these articles about Kirk and just tear him apart, right? And it's all by these people who really haven't watched the original series. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a womanizer. And oh, he's, you know, racist. And they come up with all this shit. And um, I mean, I think the thing about Kirk, one of the things that makes him really great is he's very decisive. He's a captain that can make decisions and and make these really hard decisions and, and live with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he does that continually throughout the series and a lot of times he makes choices where he knows that people may die but he has to his crewmen may die but he has to uphold um you know the security of the federation or other life and so on and so forth and i think like the same thing happened with edith keeler even though he loved her it was like a, a basically the whole galaxy was going to be changed. There was no federation. There, you know, all of that stuff had been wiped out. And he could make that decision, even though it absolutely tore him apart. You know, and he was the one that stopped McCoy from saving her. Right. Yep. He could do, do it. Do you know what you did? He you could. He could have just her. let McCoy save her and then go to spot. He I didn't do anything. but yeah he's that's one of the things why he's such a great captain is he he will take the responsibility and he will make those decisions you know and and like you said live with it right you know it's my decision i made it um i thought the guardian of forever was an interesting time mechanism Mm -hmm. i also enjoyed mr (laughs) atos mr a to z and mr a to z um, and that, you know, what, what did the Federation do with those two time machines, for lack of a better word? Yeah. 
Well, uh, we see a little bit in the animated series with yesteryear of the the Guardian, yeah. and it seems like they're fooling around with it. Like, well, let's go in the past and check this stuff out. And then all of a sudden, Spock doesn't exist, and it's like <laughs> maybe you guys shouldn't be messing with this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but maybe it, the guy with the funny hair was really right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I don't even want to go into what happened and. Discovery was, yeah. We, okay. we will not speak. Um, <laughs> and again, you know, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. I like that Q has an effect on time travel. You know, the omnipotent, you know, Q. Um, it's interesting. You know, again, it, it, was it a paradox? Was it meant to happen? Should it have happened? Who knows? Well, and then on it's the lighter side, you know, if you look at like, Star Trek four, there's things in there that you would sit there and go, Oh my God, what are they doing? Like when Scotty gives them the formula for the transparent aluminum, right? And McCoy's like, are, are you sure you want it? And it's like, how do we know this guy didn't invent it? Right. right. They're very cavalier about it, but it's fun, you know, and it's well, fun. When, when Kirk sells his glasses, like, wasn't that a gift from Dr. McCoy? Well, that's the beauty. They will be again. <laughs> <You know, it's... laughs> Um, yeah, Star Trek Four was a very, very fun movie. Um, yeah, can't say enough good things about about that movie. You know, um, we only briefly mentioned Terminator. Um, I I really enjoy the first two films. <sighs> you know, the quality just seemed to really go down as that series continued although i kind of liked the last film that cameron did uh when james cameron came back i mean yeah it wasn't awesome but it was, i, I kind of liked the third one so you know uh, well the third one um with the more grown john connor yeah the uh, female yeah, it wasn't too it wasn't too bad uh i also i think i had mentioned to you guys i had been watching the sarah connor chronicles on uh i don't know what hulu or whatever um I mean, I think they did some interesting things in the films and like you were saying with the paradox, but I think the um, TV show kind of got into it even more in kind of dealing with like, if you know certain things are going to happen, you know, are you supposed to like let things happen? Are you supposed to prevent things and all this kind of stuff? Like what's predestined and what isn't? And it is all sort of like mind blowing when you start I'll tell you, of all the time story, stories, movies and shows, that one scares me the most because with the advent of AI, with the advent, you know, we used to see them building robots and the robots would be, I see video of robots doing somersaults. And, you know, th this is the Android like data <laughs> overpowering people. And, you know, if Skynet, becomes a reality or a version of Skynet. These Terminators aren't going to be slow marching, you know, metal skeletons. It's just, it's scary. Uh, well, they, they've already got drones flying around that can shoot people. So it's Let's science fiction is, is a lot friendlier than reality in some ways. Oh, yeah. The beauty of movies and television is you can time travel all the time. 
you can watch a movie from back. You can watch one of the universal monster movies from the forties or the thirties. And you're in that time. You can watch a TV show. Hell, you can watch whatever doctor who you want and go to any time and be in it. Uh, you know, just enjoying a movie from the fifties and this getting involved with the styles and everything. You're time traveling there too. So, uh, very true. I, I wish I could pay the 25 cents for a bucket of popcorn from the 1950s, but <laughs> unfortunately you could, but it would be real stale right now. <laughs> that just made me think, why haven't the universal monsters ever time traveled? Hmm. <laughs> well, the mummy did. There's a story to be told there. That's true. The mummy did. Did the mummy time travel? Was there so he got wrapped up? Oh, yeah, he was he was embalmed or whatever in ancient Egypt. Mummified. Oh yeah, that's another suspended time. animation. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like, like time travel, like jump through. Right, but he but yeah. he or I guess waited it out. I guess he persevered. Well, did Dracula time travel, or he just lived? He just lived he just through just it lived. pretty much. Oh, he yeah. slept a little bit, and then he got up and he slept yeah. a little. Yeah, but. Yeah, not like no, the mummy. Nobody's actually nobody like like the Frankenstein monster never jumped in a time machine. Although, what about Frankenstein Unbound? Did you guys ever see that film? That oh, was in the I want to say nineties. I want to say I probably I watched so. it when we did the Roger Corman, but it uh, yeah it was. I think that actually had time travel in it. But I'm not going to look it up while we're doing the show. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we, I think we covered a lot. I think we covered a lot as well. And you know what always happens when we stop recording? We'll start texting each other. Damn, I forgot to mention mm -hmm. this. Or you should have said this. So that's why I'm telling you, friends, comment on all of our platforms, some of our platforms. Um, we love the comments and we try very hard to respond um, in time. So um, well, I'm, I I'm sure. Well, go ahead, Walker. I, I still want to know, though, if you guys could time travel, mm. would you go to the past or would you go to the future? The way things are going right now, the future kind of scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Mom, I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I would be afraid. I, I think going forward in time, you're more a fish out of water. Going backward in time, you're, you're going to know certain things. You could uh, take over the world. But... Well, no, I, I'd be afraid of the butterfly fly effect. I'd just go make and a, observe. Make a bet on one of the old World Series or something. <laughs> Buy Apple stock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the all the toys I passed up in the past that are, are worth like bazillions now. It's like I could have been retired I, years I, ago if I saved enough. My, my main example of that is the the big iron giant, which goes for you know over a hundred bucks now. But back in the day, Toys R Us had a whole stack of them, clearing them out for like nine ninety nine each. I just buy that whole stack. Yeah. I know. I know. So what about you, Walker? Anything? Backwards or forwards in time? Well, I know the future does look scary. But I don't know. The past is sort of the past. I mean, unless I could go see dinosaurs or something. But that's scary, too. 
Um, well, it really depends on how far into the future you go. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'd kind of like to see the future. I'd kind of like to go maybe like a hundred years. I feel as though I'd be disappointed. I'd, I'd much more <laughs> rather go seek out Albert Einstein and figure out what kind of peyote he was, what strain it was yeah. to, to give him the Indian he was hanging in the desert with. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I time travel sometimes when I take Teddy for a walk, because once in a while, <laughs> I'll play this thing in my mind while I'm walking him. Like, okay, if me back in the 70s could see through my eyes now and look at these buildings I'm looking at or these cars that are going by, would I believe it was 2023? Hmm. Yeah. And we're supposed to be walking around in some weird space, sage spandex or something. Right. But <laughs> now I look down, I'm still wearing a pair of blue jeans. They well, don't some, have big bell bottoms like in the seventies, but you know, Bob, Bob will come back Walker in a DeLorean and, and be like roads where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs> But we do. I mean, we never got those flying cars and things that we thought yeah. we could get by now. No, well, we look, just... I'm still waiting for my my jetpack to commute to work, and that never manifests. That's because so. we have all these billionaires who would rather spend their money buying things like Twitter or challenging each other to cage matches instead of building jetpacks. Wasn't supposed to happen that way. I know. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's amazing that. You know, you have in your pocket a cell phone that has a much, as much computing power as an IBM computer that took, I mean, it took up an entire room with huge tape drives and all that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing. There are certain things that, yes, we've gotten to now that maybe we couldn't have seen, foreseen in the past. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like I say, a little style, styles of buildings or styles of cars and things. It's like, oh, you know. Some are looking pretty cool, but they're not that retro futuristic, you know. I always say the past or the future was never as cool as it was in the past. Very true. Yeah, all, all our visions of flying cars and jetpacks and you know, the Jetsons or whatever never really happened. It's not quite as cool, but we do have some, some neat things these days. We will end it on that optimistic note. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we all talk about the latest and greatest things that we're watching, reading, that we've purchased or have been given as gifts or, oh, I don't know, birthdays. And um, so uh, that being said, Walker, why don't you share with us? Uh, what are you uh, doing these days? Well, this is going to be really uh, embarrassing and disappointing because I didn't, uh, yes, I have experienced a birthday recently. Thank you. Um, and for whatever reason, I didn't get any of, bring any of my birthday gifts over to share. <laughs> I was scrambling right before the podcast, like, Oh, what can I share? What can I share? So that's I thought you were going to say that Larry and I didn't give you anything to share. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I received some nice gifts, but I was just not. Next, next time, next, next time. time, next time. <laughs> so my my scramble moment was that I picked up this uh, Blu-ray set that I've had sitting here for months that I keep saying I'm going to watch. And so now that I'm putting this on the 
podcast. I, yeah, that makes me have to watch it. So I have a set of The Invaders, oh. a Quinn Martin production. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, which I have it a, all on DVD, but I, I know it's a, Blu-ray. Yeah. I think it's Blu-ray. Let me double check the sucker and see. Uh, I don't know. I can't really tell. Mark my um, word. But we will uh, do an episode on the invaders someday. Well, I think we need to do. I know Commander Larry has been wanting to do a whole episode on UFOs and all that. And so I don't know if and that's the same or a different probe. episode. Yeah. Um, but uh. yeah, I, I know that. Um, I don't think while it was on the air, I don't know if I, I was really little then, so I don't know if I saw it, but I know it was um, in syndication on some channel and my brother used to watch it and I would watch it with him. Um, so, and I've seen a few episodes just via like YouTube, but the quality's not great. So. Wasn't that a, uh, a Quinn Martin production? It was a Quinn yeah, Martin she, production. She had mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, what other stuff other than the usual, you know, things that everybody's watching. I actually started watching a non-genre show this last week. No, I know. (laughs) I started watching this show called The Bear on FX. And it's about this guy who's a chef and he, he moves back to, Chicago to take over his deceased brother's uh, like sandwich shop. It's actually uh, pretty good. So that's that's one I would recommend. Coincidentally, I saw Cocaine Bear, uh, and I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll I'll give a shout out to another podcast that uh, I've listened to and enjoyed, which is the Haunted Objects podcast. Mm. Um, where they uh, ostensibly bring in a haunted object, but usually they talk about much more than that. Like they supposedly had some pieces of a uh, Roswell UFO, but then they talked all about Glenn Campbell, not the singer Glenn Campbell, Glenn Campbell, (laughs) Glenn Campbell, the guy who used to live out uh, just outside of Area 51 and had put together these guides to Area 51 and was a really... um, a real seeker of the truth. And so it was sort of a, a uh, homage, not an homage, a, a tribute to him, uh, that their latest episode. So there he was, he was never a lineman for the country. <laughs> I was a lineman for the county. No, um, I don't think he might have climbed up a, a utility pole, though, oh, if <laughs> he could get a good view of Area 51. So. <laughs> So, yeah, those are my shout outs. Very cool. Bob, uh, what do you got for us? Well, I've been pushing my Ultraman show, but uh, the date that this episode comes out is going to be the second day of the show. So oh. little time travel. Time warp. We're in the middle of the Ultraman show that <laughs> is currently two weeks away or a week and a half away. Um, but I was going to show, you know, if you were there or or if you're listening to this episode early enough in the day and you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can get out there tonight and get one of these Shin Ultraman posters. Very nice. They were given away nice. during the screening of Shin Ultraman. Very Speaking nice. of which, I've got some DVD, Blu-rays or whatever here. Um, 
recently on Blu-ray, Shin Ultraman has come out. Very so nice. You can make it to our show. You can still go get the Blu-ray and see Shin Ultraman. Uh, Mill Creek just came out. This is a pretty cool set. It's a Blu-ray set, the best of Red King. Mm. So if you like the monster Red King, this is all the episodes from Ultraman, The Ultraman, Ultraman 80, Max, Mebius, et cetera, et cetera, that Red King appeared in. All hand-picked by my Sci-Fi Japan partner, Keith Aiken. Nice. So that just came out, and that's pretty cool. And then the big, big, big news, which hit the way the cyberspace just before we did, you know, record this episode, is Toho is releasing a new Godzilla, a Japanese Godzilla film, the first one since 2016's Shin Godzilla. It's not a sequel. It actually takes place in the 40s, shortly after the war. It's called Godzilla Minus One. And basically, the theory is that once we bombed Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Japan was pretty much at zero. But then shortly after that, Godzilla appears. So what happens when you're at zero and Godzilla shows up? Well, now you're at minus one. Down a peg. But it's coming out in Japan on November 3rd. And in the United States of America on December 1st. Yay. So we don't have to wait years for this thing to come out. It's coming out quick. Hmm. And uh, Takami Yamazaki, um, he did a, a movie called Always Two, <laughs> which has a dream, a f- dream sequence at the beginning where Godzilla appears in the like 60, mid-60s. And it's really cool. He also did a short film for Godzilla, the ride in Japan mm. and the design that he, of Godzilla he used for that went through a couple modifications. and is basically what he's using for this movie coming up. Nice. But I had recently bought a movie called great war of Archimedes right there. It's kind of a Japanese war film. It basically, it's kind of talky, but it's got some really cool effects it basically covers the planning of the build of the building of the Yamato, not the space battleship Yamato, but the original warship from World War II. But why did I bring that up? Because Yamazaki directed, produced, and wrote it. Mm. So if you want to kind of get a taste of his style, then check out Great War of Archimedes. And uh, you'll kind of see what he does. And nice. uh, he's a good director. So I'm really looking forward to see what he does with Godzilla. But the trailer is online. You can check it out. And we, and we do have Godzilla Fest coming up next month in August. So check out bayareafilmevents.com slash Godzilla Fest. And who knows? Who knows what we could show from that movie? <laughs> see what progresses but we do have as a guest godzilla suit actor sutomu kitagawa mm. who uh, played godzilla in godzilla 2000 through godzilla final wars nice uh, so you can rest assured we'll be showing all those movies along with the 50th anniversary of godzilla versus megalon 
And the 30th anniversary of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 1993. And the 10th anniversary, if you can believe it, of Pacific Rim. Hmm. Wow. It's only been 10 years? Been 10 years. And then, uh, courtesy of Kevin D'Antonio, he was able to contact Titanic uh, Productions. They just did a uh, really nice Gorgo figure. So he got a couple of those we're going to give away because we're going to do a screening of Gorgo on Saturday night mm. on the big screen. So nice. other than that, yeah, I've been streaming and watching a bunch of stuff. I'll talk, maybe I'll talk about that next time. And uh, if you're watching this on July 22nd, I'll be on Creature Features tonight. So time warp again. <laughs> so Three places nice. at once. Yeah. I got creature features for the Three Stooges classic Have Rocket Will Travel. And I'll be on there with Vincent <laughs> talking about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um cool. I uh I too enjoyed that Godzilla trailer. I, I wish there was more to it, just a couple of seconds. Well, teaser it's a teaser so and they what he looks they, like. they actually show godzilla so i i was pleasantly surprised i don't have a time travel shirt on but i i have my godzilla um i also have the godzilla official guide to the king of the monsters for those of you watching on youtube i'm gonna throw it up to the camera this is very cool i got this off of amazon um the the picture of Godzilla on the front actually has a, a textile. Uh, you can feel the scale, like if you will. Or maybe um, not maybe raised. Yeah, yeah you, you probably have this already, Bob. But this is a really nice uh, guide to the King of the Monsters. They got the Netflix animated stuff. They have, uh, you know, the Heisei. They have uh, just all uh, up to... Shin. Or do they, I I can't remember. Do they, they have all the legendary stuff too, right? Yes. Yes, they do. So it's it's a cool, it's a cool book. It's not too big, but it's big enough. Uh so I'm looking forward to diving into that a lot more. Uh besides the Godzilla trailer, I loved the Ahsoka trailer. Oh, that it, looked it, good. Oh man. Um, I'm I'm so fortunate to have because the Clone Wars is I think like seven seasons long now but if you know if you haven't watched the clone wars at least watch the movie there there was an animated clone war movie where they introduced ahsoka tano uh the ahsoka character and you know look with the clone wars walker and i always talk about this even with rebels there are some episodes that are clearly meant for children more so for the christmas season because you're going to see a spaceship or a character manifest at the toy store I mean, right. droids right hey seven droids right <laughs> or or a nice little cat creature that's going to become a plush right but there was a lot of intrigue there was a lot of politics the the whole mandalore um storyline mm-hmm. uh, oh man and just how they uh, how they dealt with Anakin's downfall and becoming Vader right. and rebels and Ahsoka's realization and, and, you know, that story. And that's what was so exciting about seeing her interact with Luke Anakin's 
son, it, it just, oh. So this series, I just can't wait. It, yeah. it can't arrive soon enough. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for it. So much so I feel like, oh, I need to go back and watch some of Rebels again to you know, I feel that my... as well. Um, I should Google and see if there's recommendations for certain episodes. I can't burn because I think Rebels had like four seasons or something like that. But anyway, well, maybe it was more. But yeah, it uh, for me, Rebels started really slow and they didn't sell me on it right away. But then it really picked up. And once Ahsoka revealed herself to being the, the quote unquote secret uh, rebel, that's for me when it was like, mm. whoa, you got my attention. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's. That's pretty much it on my end of things. Uh, we were talking, Karen's not really into the Walking Dead show anymore, but Bob and I are are going to get into, what is it, City of the Dead, Bob? That's the Negan? Dead City. Dead City, yeah. yeah. Bob was enticing me with, uh, with some Negan, information on. Negan's Negan. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's not the watered down Negan. He's Negan in this one. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's it. You guys got anything else? Well, you know what we forgot to mention? What's that? A, mo- a movie, a big movie that involves time travel that we didn't talk about. What's that? Everything, everywhere. Everywhere, all at, all once. at once. We would have got a lot of fans uh, uh, commenting, I'm sure, on, on social media. How could you guys have forgotten that? Well, we didn't. We just mentioned it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great film. If you guys have not seen it, it has such depth. Um, won a bunch of awards. Yeah, it won a whole bunch of awards, too. Um, but just, you know, Michelle Yeoh's in it. So you got to watch it at least just for her. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Michael Keaton was in The Flash. Nobody went to go see it. Come on, kids. Give me a break here. Okay. That was uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, and Jamie Lee uh, Curtis is brilliant in the movie. She absolutely is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Still my my crush. Go Go see that, and we'll talk about it on the forums. That sounds like a deal. All right, kids. Thank you all for listening thank you for participating you guys take care of yourselves avoid skynet until we meet again peace out time travel what i i see this as an absolute win on that note this will conclude this transmission from planet eight We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at PlanetateCast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planetatepodcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.